this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Today's episode of The Upside is brought to you by our friends at Cozy Earth. There's still time to order your holiday gifts from Cozy Earth. Get somebody a robe, get them super comfy jams, or get them the best sheets of all time and use our 40% off discount. Go to callieandjeff.com slash sleep and the discount will populate at checkout. We should have had fish and chips this weekend for dinner because we did a lot of British things. We finished whatever the latest season of The Crown was. And we dove into the Meghan and Harry documentary on Netflix. We break down both of those. We do like a little bit of an analysis. And uh, we spend a lot of time, more time than I thought we would on Meghan and Harry. We talk about Sadie and something that is proof that she's getting older, but it doesn't really seem to be slowing her down. And a question about your cereal. Where do you keep it? In the fridge? Because some people do. All that and more on today's show. You are an upsider, living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. Welcome to The Upside. Upside. With Callie and Jeff. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Today is Monday, December 12th. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful for whatever the, I guess it's Wi-Fi, I don't know, whatever the technology is that allows us to have cable TV on TVs without having cables. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like the whole mess of cables? Well, I, Ellie was just in the studio the other day, and you were out running errands, but I had to get something done. And we have a TV in the studio that has Roku. The, yeah, it's Wi Fi. And I was just able to bring up the sh- same shows that she watches downstairs. Mm-hmm. And back in my day, you had those little pain in the butt cables with the thing sticking out of the middle of it, and then the screw one that you would have to screw onto the jack on the wall. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Coax. I believe they're called coax, coax. Yeah. cables. And it just dawned on me as I was looking at this TV and thinking of Ellie over the weekend, how neat. That's all. My name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful for Costco's organization when it comes to gas. I don't know how they trained all of us. Yeah. Because I have never seen a Costco employee training people to use the lines. However, there is an order a structure and it's very efficient and effective and everybody seems to know it, which is weird. It's marked on the road. The road is marked. So you're talking about the funnel where everybody lines up in front of two two pumps essentially. Mm -hmm. And then as people move forward, you can either go to the one to the left or the one to the right, but everybody's lining up for like multiple lanes. I know. I I'm still just it's like. Pain, it's on the ground. It's painted. Yeah. But I don't think that makes an organized, efficient thing where people don't sit in their phones after and talk on their phones or whatever. Like uh, people are in and out of there. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not just about the road markings. And I, 
you know, people give Chick-fil-A all the credit. I think Costco needs a little slow clap. Right. I really do. Because what they figured out for gas is really efficient. And or maybe it's just that they like, I don't know, maybe there's just something different about people at Costco. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anywho. Okay. This weekend we caught up on a lot of shows, which um, was. <laughs> we, we caught up on a lot of shows for us. For us. Because, you know, we're getting used to this. I feel like people are probably already sick of me saying this, but we're getting used to this, like, no rush. We don't have a stopwatch until 6 p.m. on Sunday night when Callie goes to bed thing. So we enjoyed shows this weekend. We opened wine this weekend. We took our time this weekend. We slowed down. And it was a good weekend to do that because Atlanta weather, it was cold, it was rainy, and it just was not conducive to like being out and about. So um, we finished The Crown. What season is this? I don't know. But it it was the, it was the slowest movie. It was the worst season ever. Of I think it was maybe four. Just four, maybe five. Four or know. five. It wasn't three. No, no, no. no. Okay. It's way. Yeah. It's way later. So than we're that. at season four or five, and it just two things. One, when it ended, when it was the actual last episode of the season, it was so anticlimactic that Callie and I both looked at each other and said, "The season's over. This is where the season ends," because there was no. I don't know. There's no. There's nothing to 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 excite us about the next season. That's number one, and number two. I feel like this was such a compelling. It could have been such a compelling season because it was the separation and then divorce of Charles and Diana. Mm-hmm. And I, I know they they focused a lot on. I, th- I think telling the st- story or showing the behind the scenes or what they assumed was behind the scenes, I guess. But it just moved too slow. It, it was, was so slow. Every episode was so slow. And I think it was like, it was, there were a few things missing. Like, first of all, there was zero humor. And I mean, zero humor in this season. And usually like there's some, like usually Princess Margaret is really funny or right. there's something yes. like, you know, going on. I feel like the casting this season, while they are talented actors, number one, they didn't write the queen as funny, which we've all heard that she's really funny and like quick witted and stuff like that. And she was kind of like mean all season, in my opinion. Like it just was not a very, like, I, I didn't really, she wasn't very likable. And I feel like in every, like every season so far, the queen has been, really likable like we like her and we're rooting for her and like the and this season just did not capture any of that at all so I'm sure there's a reason for that but I was deterred by it and I felt like the Prince Charles I'm sure the cast they casted this like very gentlemanly like good looking Chris you can say it dude Charles is he's too pretty he's not a good looking dude He's, he's, he's not pretty. And the guy that they cast was really pretty. Yeah. He's goofy looking. Yeah. He's kind of goofy looking. Prince Charles is kind of goofy looking. And the guy they cast for him was a, um, uh, a like a, a dashing, almost Disney prince looking. Yeah. Yeah. And he need to be a little more goofy because I think that's part of Prince Charles's charm. I totally agree. You know? Yeah. Is the, is the, yeah. 
But so we whoever, were disappointed. The actress who played Diana d- did such a terrific job. Yeah. Of with her mannerisms and the way she carried herself and the and 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 she nailed that look that you've seen so many pictures of Diana where her head's down but she's kind of looking like up. Like her eyes are up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it was great. The other thing I feel like that I didn't love as much about the season, and I think you're going to agree, is there wasn't as much historical stuff because it was so personal. And I really think the historical stuff is really interesting. Like the way that the queen interacted with Winston Churchill and like all of that stuff, what Britain was going through historically. I was really interested in that. And I also feel like we lost that in this season. So to me, and I know you super love history too. And there so were, uh, there that were, stuff is neat to us and we didn't get that either. There were opportunities for it. I believe with uh, the, it, toward the end of the season, the land, so, land slide victory of Tony Blair, Tony Blair and mm-hmm. the labor party. I not knowing is, is not knowing much about the, political party system in Great Britain. I would have liked to known more about why that was a landslide victory and what happens right. to to shift the ideological thinking of the whole country in mm-hmm. order to create that and, and whatnot. I thought that would have been more, I thought that would have been neat. Yeah. And they spent a lot of time, but, but I mean, it's not a spoiler alert because it's, True life, but Diana ended up dating Dodie Al Fayed, mm-hmm. and I thought they spent. I can see why it's important and why it's going to be important. I can see the story unfolding, but in my opinion, they spent way too much time setting up the the history and the family roots of that family. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, yeah. Um, Okay, so that's the first royal thing that we did this weekend. The second royal thing was we watched the Meghan and Harry documentary on Netflix. They are dropping a six-part series, and the first three episodes came out last week. The second three, I think, are coming out this week. I think. Not next week, because next week's Christmas, right? Is next week Christmas? No, Christmas is in two weeks. Um, No. Yeah. It's the 11th. Christmas is two weeks from today. Christmas is on the 25th. You are wrong, my friend. Today's the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday. So Christmas is two weeks from yesterday. So we watched the... Anyways. Apology accepted. Not that it matters. It's coming out in like two chunks or whatever. And everyone's talking about it. So Jeff and I were like, okay, we need to watch it this weekend. And I find it interesting. Um, Jeff, how did you go into it? Like, what were your opinions of Meghan and Harry before you went into it? I I was not... I did not have a polarizing opinion. I know a lot of people do. They're either team Sussexes or they're team Royal family. I did not have much of an opinion on who was right or who was wrong, nor did I have an opinion on likability. I did not know enough about any of the characters to know who I liked and didn't like. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I came in right at a zero. Mm hmm. Right down, you're right in the middle, or 50. On a scale of one to 100, I was a 50. And I will say that in the 90 minutes that I watched, I think picking up about halfway through episode two, mm-hmm. 
through. Do we get to the end of episode three? Or do we yeah, get... we got to the end of episode three. I don't like Meghan Markle. I did not. And I, I was trying to figure out if the show was edited in a way to make her look. But they're the ones. Well, no, they didn't commission it. It was produced by Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. But she did not come across as likable to me. I th- at one point, the thing that to, the one thing that really bothered me. We're gonna spoil a spoiler alert for this. So if you haven't seen it, and you don't want to know anything about it. Fast forward for like. Well, it's not if it's. No, there are a lot of like if you haven't watched it yet, there's a I, lot of things oh, yeah, that we guess, didn't know. Um, yeah. Well, number one, that uh, Harry's nickname is H, and I just think that's weird. I really don't like that. I really don't like that. Because but it's I, H with everybody. Like the yeah. friends were calling him H and yeah. It's yeah. But I feel like with that, well, you're only saving one syllable. I, I, yeah. But I think people, if we had a reality or not a reality show, but like a documentary about us and I casually call you boo all the time, I feel like everyone would be like, Oh my God, stop with the boo. But you call me that if that's if, true. And I call you that, and it's all—it's not a joke, but it's also not my official nickname. Right. It's, uh, it's not it's, like Chrissy comes over and is like, hey, boo. It's what we yell from upstairs to downstairs if I know Callie's coming upstairs and I want a glass of water. Yeah. It's, hey, boo. It's yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is calling you boo or me boo. And if, That's true. And no, yeah. That's so, true. So that... But whatever, what, whatever, that's petty. The other thing, the thing that really set, set me off that I just thought was, was so, and this is why I was wondering if it was edited poorly or not poorly, but edited in a way. But there was one part where they're sitting on the couch where H and Megan are sitting on the couch and they're having a conversation about. Uh, meeting the queen. This is right where Jeff started, by the way. Yeah. They're about to start. They're talking about meeting the queen. And I believe. And in the story or on the, uh, in the documentary, Megan does this super exaggerated curtsy, which I think she was implying that she did a super exaggerated curtsy in front of the queen because she didn't know she'd never been instructed on how to curtsy. She didn't even know she was going to be meeting the queen at the lunch where she met the queen. Right. She was completely unprepared for it. So I think what she was trying to convey is I came in at a 15 when I would have been fine on an, at an eight. Right. Like I told, I told, I accidentally overdid it and it was really embarrassing. But the way it was presented, it almost looked like she was mocking it. Mm -hmm. And, I don't, whatever your belief is of the royal family and whatnot, it's still an institution that's really, really important to a lot of people that you're sitting next to the grandson, you're married to the grandson of the monarch, you have to at least acknowledge the reverence of the 
tradition of and the, the tra- yeah of the tradition yeah and it, in the same conversation she compared it to going to medieval times but i almost wondering i'm almost wondering if what got left out of that was the part of the story where she said oh my gosh i went way overboard in my head i'm thinking this is going to be like medieval times with trumpets blowing and flags unfurling Mm -hmm. and people riding in on horseback before the queen comes in the room but none of that happened i just walked in and there was the queen and i got introduced to her i'm wondering if some of that stuff got cut out but i it just and then there are a few other things that just made me go come on yeah um, I loved it. I really liked. What was your opinion going into it, though? I really liked them. I really liked her. I have seen like a couple just based on like clickbait and tabloid fodder that I'm like, that's a little cringy. But I also feel like you know the. I I just feel like there was. Let me explain it to you. I really liked her. I really liked them. And I think, you know, if he wants to get out of an institution, which it is like an institution uh-huh. and and live his own life, good for you. Because I can't imagine how it feels to be born into a family and then be like, here are your life choices. Boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, and everything, there's just a way that you do things and a way that things are, and that's the way they are. And if you are someone who wants something different than that, as a human being, it, I just can't imagine what that feels like. So I always have felt really like compassion for him because I feel as though like you're kind of, you're kind of like an animal in a zoo. You know what I mean? Like I would not choose that life. You couldn't pay me to choose that life. But he made his exit and he's out well, you just asked me what I thought. So then oh, I'm going to okay. tell you. Oh, so sorry, that was sorry, before. Right. So now I feel like, look, here's the filter that I'm looking looking at this through. One, um, she's American, which I think unless you are someone that's like, I don't know, the richest of rich Americans. And even, even then the culture is just different yeah. there. Yeah. So I think it's like walking into... Medieval times. No. Oh. Um, but I feel like already you're at a disadvantage being an American because you don't have, like you weren't brought up since birth with like reverence of like all the tradition and the, the all of that kind of stuff. And if you aren't born into a level of like society where you're taught rules, proper things, table settings, all of these things, you really don't know. And I think people underestimate that. And I am in it's my parents are both from pretty humble backgrounds, but I also went to private school with a lot of very fancy multi-generational wealth families. And I have walked into situations where, I mean, you know, like I took manners classes growing up and I went to cotillion where they teach girls how to like properly dance and how to properly you take manners classes. Oh yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. And that's something Did you that you pay attention. I'm going to hate you. Um, that, that does not seem like good etiquette right there. Well, which is why I, I don't fit in. So, <laughs> um, but my point is like all of this stuff is kind of like indoctrinated in you when you're younger. Now, my parents don't really buy into all of that. Like they think it's important to know so you can interact with other people who are like that. But in terms of like 
everything is a certain way. It's this way. It's this way. My parents were not like that. A lot of people I grew up with, their parents are like that and their parents were like that and their parents were like that. So it's this whole generational thing. And when you're born into it, you have more of an idea of kind of how that works. Um, and this is on a very different scale, obviously, but I think for her being an American and not being from a super duper wealthy society, American society family, I think she's already at a disadvantage with those kind of people because I don't even think those people really realize that they're in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to them, everyone knows the proper way to eat. Everyone knows how the proper way to yeah. all of those things. So that's number one. And number two, um, can I say a little more about that too? Yeah, of course. Okay. I think also women <laughs> sometimes in society. Well, why like, did you just, that's such a, why did well, you say that? I know we're talking a lot about it and this is something we normally wouldn't give so much attention to, but I have a lot to say. Um, I think you are very chatty when you're well-rested. Is that a bad thing? No, I'm awake. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, so the other thing is I was, there were times when I was trying to figure out who I was, where I did date people that society and you know, customary things were very important to them. And I remember going on multiple dates with a guy that wanted a women are seen and not heard wife. And it was so funny because on paper, I loved the, the world of that. And then in practicality, I hated it because I remember saying something, I was his date at a wedding once and all of the wives were stunningly beautiful Um, but all the men were like Ivy league men and they dressed a certain way and they, whatever. And all the women were silent. And I remember making one comment at this wedding and the whole (laughs) table stopped and they were like, did she just speak and turned and looked at me? And then for the rest of the night, I just shut my mouth and I just sat there. And when we left, God, Jeremy, why did you bring an opinion to this meal? Uh, and when I left, the guy was like, you were such an amazing day. And I'm like, I literally haven't said anything all night. So that's like one thing. I think that, you know, the women are to be seen and not heard thing. Uh, in a lot of formal societies, that's still a thing. And so if you're not like that by nature, do you think that's another pro- hard thing for, for you? For the royal- and I don't think she's like that by nature. And I mean that in a good way. For the royal family, though, I don't even know if it's a woman. Women should be seen and not heard because that's a different argument, difficult argument to make when the queen Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that is the rule for outsiders are to be seen and not heard. Yes. So if you're the girlfriend or the wife or, or, or the fiance or the new wife, mm-hmm. you have to lay low. And I do have a lot of empathy for Harry and what his mom endured and what ultimately ended her life, this public you know, thousands of photographers documenting every move that she made and harassing her and him starting to see that with Megan and a lot of that having overtones of racism and they, they address the racism in the, in the documentary, but they also bring up the fact that the British have a very, um, I, I don't ne- not negative, but ju- they just, they have a belief on who an American actress is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that certainly does not fit into 
high the, society, the royal right. family. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the other thing is, I don't think that any of us. And this is kind of also how I was watching the lens. Like, I have been around famous people pretty much my whole career, right? Uh-huh. I have, so I consider myself really well versed in American celebrities and what famous people are like and, and kind of like that, not well-versed, but I, I have had a taste of that. And I had an experience. I walked into, even with my experience into a situation with an A-list celebrity one time and the level of crazy in their life, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So I think security and protocol and all of armored guards with like AK 47. I mean, it is next level, the level of security, the level of press teams, the level of like their entire lives are so orchestrated that I think even if you say, cause I hate when people saying, well, she knew what she was getting into. Like she married a Royal. I don't think that average Joe, including me can even fathom the level of the orchestration that that institution has. Yeah. And, um, so I just don't even think we know even a tinge of how it is. So I think the whole, you knew what you were getting into thing. I don't think anyone would know that. Um, and I also feel like overall that the, there's a lot of institutional racism in that. Yes. I think that is undeniable. I'm not sure that that family really understands how entrenched they are in it um, or how entrenched their history is, or maybe they do and they choose to look the other way. It has been around for thousands, right? Of years. And I don't know that that's going to change with one generation. And I am not surprised that it was very like, (gasps) she's mixed race. Like yeah. that, no, nothing about that is shocking to me. Right. So good on him for seeing something saying, I don't want to live in this way. I want to learn and grow. And I want to raise my kids differently than I was raised and walk away from it and start to be proactive and change. Like good on him. Good on him. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for your next comedian here at Ellie's Comedy Club. You're going to love this guy. Welcome to the stage, Dad. Why is Santa afraid of getting stuck in the chimney? It's because he has claustrophobia. Have a joke for Ellie's Comedy Club? Have a comment on something we've talked about or an idea for the show? Call or text Callie and Jeff, 800-434-5454. We talked about this on the show recently. I don't believe that the statement, money can't buy happiness, is true. I believe that money can buy happiness. Well, at least it makes it it makes happiness easier to reach. Also, not worrying about money can really boost your happiness. And that's where our friends at Chime can help you be happy more. They were just named the number one most loved banking app. With payday up to two days early and fee-free overdrafts up to $200, they offer financial peace of mind in your wallet. And all of this happens with no annual fees, no big security deposits, or credit checks. See for yourself 
Delphi Chime is so loved by going to chime.com slash upside. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash upside. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on pair. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See chime.com slash spot me. Chime was the 2021 number one most downloaded banking app in the U.S. according to Aptopia. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you're like me, sometimes you get really focused on the problems. It's like you're standing in front of a mountain and it seems really daunting to even take the first step. And honestly, you're a little nervous to take a step because you don't know what the right decision is. Well, it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with a challenge in life, but therapy has really helped me become a better problem solver in my own life because it's so nice to take a problem that you have to sit and talk with a licensed professional counselor and start thinking like a problem solver. When you learn how to find your own solutions, there is no better feeling and a therapist can help you get there. BetterHelp is making it super easy. I have been in therapy for over 10 years and it was really incredible because you walk in either not knowing what to expect or kind of just feeling like, okay, maybe this won't work for me. And a good therapist can change your life like they have changed mine. It can help you unload stress. It can help you heal emotionally. It can help with anxiety and depression. Or if you don't know what's off, but you're just feeling off, it can help with that too. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime if there's one that doesn't work out for you. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash upside today to get 10% off your first month. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash upside. I want to talk right to the guys who have women in their lives that spend a lot of time on their feet. Healthcare workers, teachers, moms, any woman who is standing up for more than the average bear, I got something for you. Rothy's shoes. These are the gifts that they want. They look good and they feel good. Callie has been talking about Rothy's shoes for years now. She loves them because they're comfortable. They look great and you can wash them. They go right back to looking like you just took them out of the box. And she's had pairs of Rothy shoes for years. They are durable. And she gets compliments on them all the time. So guys, surprise the woman in your life with a pair of Rothy shoes for this Christmas. And she will think about you every single time she realizes she's walking on glorious pillows Stylish shoes, they're versatile, they're durable, you can wear them all the time, and you will be loved if you give them as a gift. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash upside. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash upside. It is time to find gifts for everyone you love. Now, I am officially at the age where I am excited about getting socks, underwear, t-shirts, 
for Christmas. That's what I want for Christmas. I want to be comfy. I want to be cozy and I want everything to be convenient, right? Well, Bombas makes the perfect gifts for everyone on your list, even your pickiest friends, even your relative that has everything because their clothes are exceptionally soft, super comfortable, but they also give back to those in need with every single purchase. You can feel good about a purchase and where your money is going this holiday season. Bomba socks, underwear, t-shirts, and slippers are super cozy upgrades to everyday basics, and they're the perfect gift for everyone on your list. Now, I love the performance no-shows. They perfectly hug your feet. They are so comfortable. They don't fall down inside your shoes, which is like my number one gripe with socks. And I love them so much that one morning a couple weeks ago, mine were wet. They were in the wash. I forgot to put my clothes in the dryer. I took my Bombas to work and dried them in front of a space heater so I wouldn't have to wear another brand of socks. That is a true story. Give the good this holiday season with Bombas. Go to bombas.com slash upside and use code upside for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash upside, code upside for 20% off. We appreciate our upside partners and we appreciate you for supporting them. For more information on any advertiser on the upside, visit CallieAndJeff.com. Poor Sadie is getting a little bit old. She's 10 years old. She's our little beagle mix. She's the, honestly, she's the OG. In this house, she is the OG. She, Jeff got her before we even met. So she's like Jeff's bestie. She's been around about, around the block. And Ellie, for whatever reason, loves to see her teeth. She loves to see Sadie's teeth. She loves to see Lily's teeth. And Sadie, as some old dogs do, has had an issue where her teeth have started falling out. Her like front teeth have started falling out. And the first time it happened, I thought Jeff was going to cry. I was so sad. Well, I didn't know it was not unusual. I thought, or not. Yeah. it's It's a typical thing that happens to older dogs. And when you think about it, because they're, not out hunting for food. They don't really need those front teeth for much anyways. Yeah. That's what our vet explained to us. Like, we're like, okay, should we, you know, the first tooth fell out and we're like, what should we do? Should we like change her diet? Do we need to go to soft food? And our, our vet kind of like, she didn't make fun of us, but she was like, you guys, it's fine. It's fine. Dogs use their back teeth to chew. So she's, she'll be perfectly fine without her front little teeth. But Jeff was so upset. He made me save the tooth for a really long time. And then sadly we would, you know, walk and randomly step on, randomly step on something hard, pick it up. Oh no, it's Sadie's tooth. I hadn't looked at her teeth in a while, but Ellie wanted to see Sadie smile. So I opened Sadie's mouth to look at her teeth. All of her front teeth are gone. The top ones, right? Every single one of them. Not the bottom ones. Uh, I wasn't even looking at the bottom, but all the top ones are gone. Yeah. She got a couple of jagged little bottom ones still in there. Oh, poor Sadie. I just feel so, first of all, I feel bad that I didn't notice. It hasn't slowed her down at all, though. She's still Sadie. No. I would, which is why I didn't know, but I just feel like poor Sadie. Yeah. I wonder if. I wonder if her breath would be less stinky with less teeth. I, I, and we owe her a vet appointment or she's due for a vet appointment. She has to get her shots updated and stuff. I wonder if that is why she was. Because you've noticed she hasn't really gnawed on any toys in the past few weeks. But there is a period of time where 
almost every other day she would come home, we would come home and she would have found one of Ellie's toys and she was chewing on it. You think she was trying to get rid of her own tooth? I wonder if it was hurting. And so oh. she was looking for something. Remember, because she would always go outside too and find sticks. So she was probably trying to self soothe. That's my guess. I don't know. I'll ask the vet about it. All right, here are your three random things for today. Speaking of smiles, number one is a child. This is so sad. A child smiles on average of 400 times per day. So that kid's awake for for 15 hours. I mean, what is that? 50 uh that's like 25 times. That's like a, that's like a smile every other minute. Yeah. A happy adult smiles on average of 50 times per day. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> a typical adult smiles 20 times per day. So you go from Man. from smiling every other minute to smiling once every 30 minutes. That's so depressing. Womp womp. Your second random thing is the first commercial Christmas card was sold in 1843. There were around a thousand that were sold, which to me sounds like a lot. Like, a, you know, the yep. first card ever and you sold a thousand. I you mean, even, yeah, dang, could, that's could you, good. You wouldn't even know what it is. Yeah. What do I do with this? Well, you you write a note in it and you mail it to somebody. And, the, and then they're going to be like, well, why would I do that? Why wouldn't I just grab a quill and pen them my own note? You know what I would say to that? Good marketing. Yeah. Whoever that was. Yep. Um, and they were a shilling a piece. I don't know how much a shilling is. Like a penny. Yeah. I don't know. Shilling. So yeah, that's all I, that's all I got. I wonder what the I wonder if it was humorous or I wonder if it was one of those, you know, papyrus ones. Or I wonder if it was one of those <laughs> ones, you know, the fancy Papyrus ones. ones were not a shilling a piece, I can uh, tell you that. That's true. Or I wonder if it was one of the ones that almost make you tear up in the in the target where you're like, that's exactly how I feel. Your third random thing is good news out of Australia. If you are dieting to lose weight, one of the studies that they did recently on people who diet said that if you take a break from dieting every now and again, you actually tweak your metabolism enough that you will lose weight up to 55% faster. So if you're on a diet and you're you're coming into the holidays and you're thinking, I can't do this, this is really tough. There is an actual study now that says if you take the rest of December off and get back into it after the first of the year, that actually does something to your metabolism that, that will speed up your weight loss rather than trying to power through it and stick to it. And those are your three random things. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Most people learn about The Upside from their friends. Please tell everyone you know about this podcast so the amazing Upside community can continue to grow. Steve Harvey shared something on Twitter that when I saw it had 30,000 replies. I thought every single one of them would be disagreeing with his statement and saying that he's nuts. But it looked 50-50-ish. Apparently, Steve Harvey keeps his cereal, his breakfast cereal, his dry cereal in the refrigerator. Ew! 
No. And why not? Why ew? Because cereal is not meant to be cold. It's meant to be. Apparently, it stays fresher and crisper and holds up better in milk, if you're to believe the people who mm. commented on this post. I don't know. I don't know that I know anyone who keeps box cereal in the refrigerator. I do not. That's I thought it was almost a joke thing, but. But you also don't eat cereal like a normal person. Jeff doesn't eat his cereal with milk. He eats it dry. I don't eat breakfast cereal. Yeah. I eat it as a snack. Hey, Callie and Jeff. It's Mary in Kennesaw. I just paused today's episode. You're talking about Callie's change of schedule and what a wonderful thing it is. And I totally understand that as someone that has a spouse that works a schedule that changes every week. It's very difficult to plan or to get into a routine or not feel like you have to crunch as much as you can into the one or two days that they have off. So I am super excited for you, Callie. This is a lifestyle change for you guys, and I think it's amazing. Also, I love that you mentioned my unorthodox life because I'm the only person I know that watches it, and it's just a fascinating show to me. So love you guys so much. Jeff, put the fudge stripes, those cookies, put them in the freezer. I'm telling you, it is a game changer. Those cookies, really any of Keebler brand cookies, are going to be incredible in the freezer. That's all I say. Bye. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. I hope you can hear me. It's raining, and I'm on 400. But uh, the love at first sight, Josh, you're cracking me up. Callie, obviously, he loves you more than anything in the entire world. You guys are funny. But it reminded me, so we've been together 15 years now, kind of like high, like when we high school, senior year into college when we met. And I remember when he walked into the room, I literally had like a visceral, physical reaction. I was like, oh my gosh, I love this man. It was so embarrassing though, because I, I, again, I just jumped up when I saw him. I didn't even know him. I just jumped up. And my pants, I was wearing like shorts and they, you know, like they have the bell loop loop. My loop got stuck on the blinds that were behind me. So not only does he walk in and I jump up, but then I'm like, hi, I'm Madison and I'm stuck to the blinds. But I mean, maybe he thought it was endearing because, you know, here we are 15 years later. But anyways, it just reminded me of that moment in time. Love you guys. Bye. Hi, Kelly and Jeff. Um, hearing you all talk about leaving snacks for delivery persons and wanting to extend that to your uh, waste removal drivers unlocked a core memory from my childhood. Um, at Christmas time, my dad and our next door neighbor used to leave a six pack of Coors beer with a bow on it on top of the can lid for the drivers. Um, it was a big deal because my dad's best friend would come visit us from Colorado every summer, and he'd bring a suitcase filled with Coors six-packs because at that time, you could not buy Coors east of the Mississippi. I mean, I guess I just dated myself. But um, anyhow, my dad always reserved a six-pack of that hard-to-get Coors for the trash guys, and they went nuts over it. Um, it's funny because can you imagine somebody getting excited about getting a six-pack of Coors today? I don't think so. Times have certainly changed. Um, but the funniest part of this is that I would not dream of leaving alcohol for somebody driving around a huge hunk of machinery in residential neighborhoods today. Um, but I guess back then, you know, parents let kids stand up in the front seat while they were driving, and we rode bikes without helmets. So 
giving your trash guys a six pack was probably just par for the course. Um, but thank you for, um, for such a, a great core memory reminder. And I hope you all have a great holiday and uh, much love to you. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations, you guys, with her normal work schedule, whatever that's going to end up looking like. It's not a first-word problem. I think everybody experienced it to some degree during the pandemic when they didn't have to waste all the time driving to work and going to meetings. They could just do it from their pajamas. So, no, we've all experienced it even on a micro level. You guys were way more impacted from her night schedule uh, than any of us were from commuting because at least most of us are on the same schedule as our spouses and our partners. And my husband actually does work a lot at night, but it's all over the place. But it doesn't matter. We have a daughter, and she's not nocturnal. So trust me, I understand the stresses that can come with that. So it is not only huge for your family, for your relationship, honestly, for Callie's uterus, which we've all been saying that, but what are you going to do? You need the corporate job. So, no, trust me, all the upsiders are so happy for you. We're all cheering for you. It's going to mean, oh, my God, a world of difference for fertility, for your whole house homeostasis. So, yeah, celebrate it. We're all excited for you. We've all wanted this for you since you started the podcast, honestly. So, love you guys. Have an amazing weekend. Enjoying each other. Merry Christmas. Bye.